Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Now, what that's called, those two verses actually have a name, okay? Uh, it, it's a name of a particular type of thing that happens in the Bible. It happens quite a bit. Actually, it's called a doxology. Now, what do you usually think of when we, when we say the doxology? You usually think of that song that we sing, right? Uh, there's a song actually called the doxology. You know, praise God from whom all blessings. Yeah, yeah, it's called the doxology. And basically, what doxology means, or that, that phrase doxology, it means to kind of erupt with praise. That would be my definition. And that's exactly what's happening here. In other words, what, what we got here is Paul's, Paul's giving us these spiritual truths in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. He comes to a point in chapter 3 where he prays. And he, and he prays for the Ephesian believers. He asks these certain things about them. And then as he, as he gets done praying, pray, praying he just kind of explodes in this man god is awesome you know and just for two verses says here here's why god is so glorious all right and and so a doxology is just basically an eruption of praise now you see that happen in other areas of life don't you i mean hopefully you see it happen in the church and hopefully you see it happen in your relationship with christ but we see it happen in other places that the last the the winning touchdown of the national championship game all right what you're going to see after that is a doxology okay now it's not an eruption of praise to God normally, okay? Sometimes a godly guy like Tony will be there and he'll say, thank you, Lord, that oh, you didn't mess it up again, you know, or something like that, you know. But most of the time what it is is a praise. It's an exaltation of their team, right? And a lot of times you'll even see singing, won't you? Have you ever saw that? You know, they pan across the crowd and there's these folks up there, you know, swaying back and forth singing their, their school song or their fight song or whatever it is. In, in a way, that's exactly what a doxology is. It's this kind of eruption of praise that comes from deep down someone that says, man, this is incredible. This is awesome. This is glorious. And we love this, okay? And that's the way Paul finishes this prayer, okay? Now, we back in April, we looked at this prayer, and we talked about what Paul prays here, because we, we want to know how to pray. Who, who wants to know how to pray? I mean, really pray. I mean, I, I think everybody would say, you know what? I know, I know prayer is just talking to God, but you know what? There's a, there's a way of praying effectively and powerfully, and we, we want to know that. The disciples wanted to know that. You remember what they asked Jesus in the Gospels? They said, Lord, teach us how to pray, man. Show us how to pray. Uh, we want to pray like you pray. Because when you pray, things happen and things change. And, man, incredible stuff goes on. And we want to pray like that. Okay, and, and so we, we, we looked at this back in April, but we, we didn't have time for verses 20 and 21. So what I want to do is I just want to back up a little bit. I want to give you a brief, I mean, just, just a skeleton, just so kind of refresh your memory or, or give you, a, if you weren't there, give you a little context of what's coming here. Just, just what is Paul praying here? Okay, the prayer starts in verse 14. And basically Paul is praying for a couple of things. Number one, he is praying that the, the, the Ephesian believers, Christians, the, these Christians that he knows and loves, would be strengthened in their inner man. Look in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth is named according to the riches of his glory that he may grant you to be strengthened. This is verse 16. That he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Paul is praying that these guys would be strengthened inside. Okay. Now what's the difference between strengthened on your outer being and strengthened on your inner being? Strengthened on your outer being it means you get muscles. Right? You get muscles or health. It means you can lift heavy things. You can run a long ways. You can jump high. You can do those things, okay? Paul is Paul is asking for something infinitely better than that, okay? It's cool to be able to lift heavy things, but, you know, all that that really gets you is volunteer to be the guy that holds up the 65-inch plasma in the men's work day, really. You know, I mean, it's a good thing, it's a cool thing, but really, it has a limited benefit, all right? But being strengthened in the inner man, okay, your inner man is the part that nobody can see, okay? Your inner man is that part of you that relates with God, that part of you that's your moral self. It's your heart. It's that spiritual 
spiritual part of you. And folks, being strengthened in your inner man is infinitely more valuable because of what you can do. When you're strengthened in the inner man, you can give yourself to the needy. You can give yourself to your family. You can be patient with irritating people. You, you, can, you can show love to those who are not very lovable. You, you can let go of your resources for the kingdom like we talked about this morning. When you're strong in your inner man, you can turn the other cheek. You can deal with your anger in a righteous way and not grow bitter or miserable or, 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 or resentful. When, when you're strengthened in the inner man, you can comprehend, you can understand the word of God and you can pray without ceasing and you can be, be, be joyful in the midst of trial. All of those things come about when we're strong on the inside, okay? And there's a lot of hard things in life, isn't there? There's a lot of hard things in, in the Christian life. I mean, there really is. And what Paul is praying is that we would be able to do those hard things. That we would have strength on the inside to be able to do them. Now, Paul also prays, if you'll notice next, that verse 17 is where this is at. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Um, you know, I think that's the same thing. If you remember back from April, I, I, th- I think it, they're, not, they're not dissimilar things. I think he's, he's kind of turning the coin a little bit and saying, I want you to be strengthened on the inside. I want Christ to dwell in your hearts through faith. I, I think those are really the same thing. Because you're strong when Christ is at home in your heart. You, you see, that, that's telling us how to be strong, how, how to be strong on the inside. What does it mean for Christ to, to dwell? That word dwell is, is abide. It's a Greek word that basically means to make oneself at home in. And, and what Paul's saying there is, man, I'm praying for you that Christ would be at home in your heart. Where do you feel at home at? I, I feel at home when, where I'm wanted. Right? Isn't that where you feel at home? Sometimes that's not always home, is it? Now, Emma just walked out. There's sometimes I'm not very at home at home. Because I've messed up, right? Uh, but, but you feel at home where you're wanted. You know, there, there's times where you go to somebody's house and you feel really at home. Why? Because they want you to be there. Uh, you feel at home when people give you access, right? It's what's mine is mine, what's yours, you know, here, you, you got it all, man. You, whatever you want, whatever you need. Uh, we feel at home when, we, when we're given attention and honor. Same things for Christ. That's what he's praying. He, he's, he'd be praying for Fred Martin that, that, God, that Christ would feel at home in his heart. That, that Christ would, would, would have access to every part of Fred's life. That Christ would, would, would get attention and honor from Fred. That he would feel wanted in Fred's life. And, and that comes about through faith. Look at verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Faith. Faith when, when we honor and treasure and trust and believe Christ. That, that's when he feels at home in our hearts. Okay. Second big thing here. So number one, Paul, Paul prays for these folks that they would have strength on the inside to be able to do these hard things. Man, so, Tony, would you go back and, and turn down those air conditioners? I don't know what's happened there. They're supposed to be on a timer, but either I'm hotter than I normally am or something's wrong. Are you warm? Lloyd is warm. First time in 13 years, man. It's hot in here, man. Crank those down, Tony. <laughs> That's like the green light. All right, good, good. It's not just me then, definitely. All right, cool. Um, 
Oh, okay. Second big thing here. What's he praying for? He's praying that they'd be grounded in love, okay? And that, and that, that, that they would know how much Christ loves them. That's what grounds us in love. In verses uh, 18 and 19, he says that, that you may have... Verse, verse 17, he talks about being rooted and grounded in love. And then verse 18, he says that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what's the breadth and length and the height and the depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. He, he prays for a couple things. Here. Really, just one thing. He said, man, I want you to be... Just founded in love for God and for one another. How does that happen? That happens when you get a hold of how much God loves you. You say, man, I know that. It's like Drew talked about T-ball. Man, that's T-ball. I sang that when I was a little kid. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. You don't know it all. You may know a little bit of it, but you don't know it all. You say, man, how can you say that about me? Well, verse 19 says, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. What does that mean? means you can't ever get to the end of it. You, you can't ever get to the end of how much God loves you. Of how, how, how gloriously He loves you. You can't ever get to the end of that. And so the more and more you know it, the more deeply you're rooted in love for Him and love for other people. Okay. Now, he, here's the thing. Paul's praying for big stuff there, isn't it? Those are some pretty significant things, aren't isn't that what? Aren't those significant things that he's praying for? I want you to look at what, what do you pray for, you know? And, and hey, whatever you pray for is not wrong. You know, I, I don't want to diminish what you're praying for. You know, you may be praying that your tires would go another 5,000 miles. There's nothing wrong with that at all. God, God wants us to pray for those things. There's a great story in the Old Testament about a, uh, a prophet. Uh, he's kind of a, a junior prophet, if you will. He's in the school of the prophets. And they're out chopping down trees. They're going to build this, this prophet's house or whatever. And he's borrowed an axe from somebody. And he's, he's, he's chopping away with all his might he draws back the axe the axe handle goes off and it falls in the lake and, and sinks to the bottom he's borrowed this thing you know and uh so he cries out to who was it was it elijah or elisha i don't remember which one i think it was elisha he cries out to him and elisha goes over puts the stake the axe the axe head floats you know and here's what that tells me god cares about axe heads isn't that great i mean he cares about little things you know tires all right so hey there's nothing yeah you know, whatever you're praying about i'm not i'm not saying it's wrong but what i am saying is man paul prayed for significant things okay your tire your tires go another five thousand miles that's that's great okay but you being strengthened on the inside so you don't fall into temptation that's bigger isn't it you being strengthened on the inside so that you clearly present the gospel to your kids by the way that you live that's bigger isn't it that's bigger okay so so what i'm telling you is paul's up here and he's praying for some pretty significant things in these people's lives that they that they would be filled up with christ that that christ would dwell in their hearts that they'd be strong spiritually i mean those, those are great and big things to pray and so at the end of that at the end of paul praying this here's what happens paul says okay now now what you need to know is that the one that we're praying to is able to do all that we ask. Okay, actually he says more than that, doesn't he? He says, this is in verse 20, he is able to do far more than we ask. Actually he goes further than that. He says he's able to do far more abundantly than we ask. Okay, you're getting the, the repetition here. More than that, he says he's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or even think. Okay, what he's saying there is that there is no good and glorious thing that you can dream up in your mind that is too big for God to accomplish, all right? However big you have dreamed up this great thing that you're going to ask God for you and for your family and for your spouse and for your kids, you know what? It's not big enough. That's what he's saying. God is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that you can even dream up in your head. That, that's awesome. 
you guys are not erupting in praise like I expected at this point. That's really cool that, that God is able to do that. There's nothing else like that on the planet, is there? You call any customer service, and I guarantee you they're not going to do be able to do far more than you can ask or imagine, right? You call up any service organization. You call up anybody in any field, okay? They're not going to be able to do probably more than you can ask, okay? M- much more, more than you can, far more than you can ask, or abundantly more than you can ask, or, or, or that you can even dream up in your mind. They're not going to be able to do that. Only God can do that. Now... God's capacity to give far outweighs our capacity to ask. It's impossible to ask too much of God. His capacity to give far outweighs our capacity to even imagine. So, what's the implication of that? Well, here it is. Are you ready? Very simple. Pray big. Pray big. Do you pray big? What? Well, let's let's back up. What's a big prayer? What, What would that be? What would a big prayer be? Okay. As, as Paul prays and then he ends it this way, he disrupts, man, God is able to do far more than we can even imagine. Okay, he's, he's urging us on. So, so what does that look like? What, what is a big prayer? Okay, well, let, let, me, let me give you a couple. Are you ready? Praying for that which aligns with the kingdom. Okay? You see, when we pray for things that are outside of the kingdom, those automatically are small. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, for instance, praying for material possessions. Okay? Again, now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, okay? Um, we, hey, way back from Great Smoky Mountains a week ago, I was praying. Our van was heating up and it was going over. We, we had to turn off the air conditioner. There was great, you know, weep. No, there really wasn't. The kids did great, you know. Um, but 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 I was I was praying. God, get, get us, you know, pull the temperature down. Get, get us home. There's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. Those are small. Pray them. Please pray them. Pray, keep praying them. But, but what you got to understand about that is it's small. Those, those are small benefits, aren't they? Those are really small things in our life. They, they, they don't really have the potential to impact our lives long term and deeply. None of those things really do. You say, well, man, if God make me rich, that impact me. No, you know, it might impact you wrongly. Have you ever thought about that? What, what that was about that verse we read this morning in First Timothy 6? Remember? says, those who desire to be rich fall into many temptations and snares and um, pierce themselves with many a pain. I mean, it might go the other way. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And so anytime we, we get outside of the kingdom, that, that, that automatically brings that down to a, not a very big prayer. You know, we pray a lot for health, and I think we should. Whenever, whenever I got the stomach flu, I want you to pray for me, okay? Uh, that, there's nothing wrong with that. But again, it, it, has a limited, it has a limited impact on eternity, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, man, Lazarus, he got raised from the dead. Talk about a big prayer being answered. Where is that guy? Have you seen him lately? He's not been to our church in a while. Oh, yeah, he's dead. He died, you know, a long time ago, didn't he? Right? I, I mean, it, it has a limited, any kind of physical healing. He, you know, you're lame. And God God heals your legs. I believe God can do that. But that, that has a limit. Your legs are still going to get weak. You're blind and, and God makes you see. You're, your eyes are still going to grow dim. You know, all of those things have a limited amount of impact upon our lives. And again, sometimes they're not even the best thing for us. Remember that? Remember King Hezekiah in the Old Testament? You know, he gets really sick and he's going to die and he prays and he asks God for more time and God gives him another decade. Wow! I mean, Ten more years, that's cool, isn't it? During that decade, he fathered a son named Manasseh. You ever heard of Manasseh? Manasseh's the guy that sought Isaiah the prophet in too. Yeah, great guy. Ten more years wasn't so great. 
for Hezekiah. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes those really aren't big prayers. And so, so a big prayer, first of all, has to be in the confines of the kingdom. What's good for the kingdom? You know what? It's always good. It's always good for you to pray that I not fall into temptation. That can never go wrong. Amen? It's always good for me to pray for you that you be strengthened in your inner man. That can never go wrong. That you love Christ more. That, that can, those are things that they always have impact. And we've got to figure out, okay, how can I pray those things? Okay? And, and I'm going to pray the other stuff too. But I want to pray these things. And I want to figure out, how can I pray them more? How can I pray them bigger? Have you ever thought about that? Okay, hopefully you're praying for me that I be strengthened in my inner man, just like, just like Paul talked about, that, that I be strong on the inside, strong to, to battle against temptation, strong to understand the Word of God, strong to, to be an impact in people's lives, strong, strong to, to want the right things and, and not want the wrong things. Okay, how can you pray that bigger for me? You ever thought? See, that's the challenge. How are you going to pray that bigger for me? How am I going to pray that bigger for you? How are we going to pray that bigger for ourselves? Because we serve a God who... Who's able to do far more than we can ask or imagine. So it's got to be in the kingdom. It's got to be praying for for what God wants to give. That's where prayer really gets impactful. John chapter 15 verse 5 says this. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can't do anything. Now listen to verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish. Wow, what a blanket statement there. Ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. First John chapter 5, the little epistle in the back of your Bible. It says in verse 14, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Man, you know what? One of the keys in, in praying successfully and powerfully is learning to ask what Jesus wants to give. Right? That's, that's, man, that's, that's key. Man, when my kids, if they ever hone in to asking for what I want to give them, man, they're going to they're gonna start getting, okay? You know? But as long as they keep asking for more video games, nothing. You know, it's not kind of, they don't even ask for that. But, you know, you know it's, some of those things, hey, don't ask because I don't want you to have it. It's not good for you and I'm not going to give it, okay? But when you, when, you, when you start asking for what I want to give you, Man, that, that's when you start getting... Same way with God. Even more infinitely so with God. So praying for what God wants to give. You know, you know what Jesus prayed for? Jesus prayed over and over again. Remember the, right, right before his crucifixion, the, the, the big prayer in John chapter 16 and 17. Remember Jesus prays over and over again for unity. You know, we should clue in. That's a big deal. When we're on the same page together as a church, when we're on the same page... Man, you know this. When you're on the same page as a family... Oh, that's powerful. When you're not, not so powerful, right? Pray for unity. Man, pray, pray that we love one another. Man, that was big. Jesus is always praying about that. Pray that we be holy. Pray for the things that Jesus prayed for. Here's another big clue. Pray, pray, big prayers are prayers in which God receives great glory. I, I'm going to remind you of something I tell you all the time, but you know the reason that you exist the reason that you're breathing, the reason that you've got a heart that pumps blood through your circulatory system and you're not dead. You know, you know the reason for that? Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone who's called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. You exist for Jesus' glory. You exist to see this is the purpose of your existence. And if you miss this, then you've wasted your entire life, every breath. Okay? 
The purpose of your existence is for you to see the glory of Jesus and for you to display, for you to live that out, for you to magnify that, for you to praise it, for you, you, you to model that and be a mirror in which the world sees the glory of God through you. That's, that's, that's our purpose. That's why we live. And so then it makes sense that, that big prayers are ones in which the glory of God is, is made known. No, notice how, how this doxology flows. I'm just going to read it again. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him, to, to this, this God who is able to do this, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. For all eternity, that's what's going to be happening is God's going to be getting the glory. And and here's the thing I think Paul's hinting at. When we ask God for big things, we we more accurately display his glory. You see, you wouldn't ask me for big things. You know why I'm not glorious, would you? Who in here is going to ask me to teach him how to dunk a basketball? Huh? You're silly because I can't do it. You wouldn't ask me for that. Who in here is going to ask me to go through your computer and, and get all the viruses out and, and reprogram it? Man, that would that, be a bad mistake because I can't do any of that. When I can't get my email, I pick up the phone and call Tony Haskins or Andrew Dostal. I don't go any further than that, okay? You shouldn't ask me for that because I don't have those skills. I, 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 I can't do that. And so big prayers, when we ask something big of somebody, what does that say? It says, man, you, you got skill. You've got power. You've got ability. You've got creativity. And and so doesn't doesn't it make sense that if we live our lives just asking God for these little bitty things that have this little bitty impact, you know, if if all our prayers are just, God, make the tires go 5,000 more miles. You know? God, make that bill collector stop calling. God, you know... Again, should you pray about that? Yes. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Yes, God wants to hear your heart about everything. But, but if that's all we pray, we, we're not giving glory to God. We need, we need to ramp it up because we serve a God who's able to do far more than we can ask or imagine. So pray big. Pray big. Glorify God in, in, in what we do. Folks, the, the greatest need in the universe is that God would be glorified. You believe that? That, that's, that's, a, that's a greater need than economic growth or education or health care for the poor or political stability. All those things could happen and people would perish and go to hell. But when God is magnified, when our students go to False Creek and they see that Jesus is better than anything, eternity is changed. Greatest need in the planet is that Jesus Christ be glorified. Final thing in, in this section... And the next section is really short, so don't get discouraged. Prayer, prayers for the good of the church, okay? What, what, what does it mean to pray big? Well, it means, it means you pray for the church. Where am I getting that? Verse 21. Look at this. To him be glory in the church. To him be glory. To Jesus, to God, be glory where? Where? In the church. Man, do you know how significant it is to be in a church? Not, not Lincoln Avenue Baptist, not Walls. Not a campus, no. But, but in the midst of, of, of born-again believers who are pressed together in Christ-centered relationships because of their common faith in Jesus Christ. The church is God's vehicle to display His glory. 
I want you to think about this. If you're a born-again believer, then you're joined to Jesus Christ. You're filled with the Spirit of God. You're adopted into God's family. And you are His chosen way to display His magnificence to the world. The Bible says you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. People ought to see your life change. They ought, to, they ought to be seeing you put off the old man. That's what we've been talking about for a month, isn't it? Put on the new man. They ought to see you handle anger in a different way. They ought to see you speak truth. They ought to see you use your money and work in ways that, that, that are so radical to our culture that they say, wow, God is glorious. That's, 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 we're we're going to be doing that. We are that. And so when we pray for great things, we've got to, we've got to pray in terms of the church, in terms of the people of God. Let me, let me, let me close with that. Just ask, let me ask you this question. Why, why don't we pray big? You say maybe, maybe you do. I don't know. Why, why do some people not, not pray big? Huh? Let me give you some, th- some reasons I, th- I think are, are it. Okay? Um, first of all, I, I think some people would say, you know what? I, I don't pray any bigger prayers because God hasn't answered my small prayers. Keep talking about the tires, but, you know, that's what we started talking about. I didn't mean to, but anyway, we are. You say, well, you know, I prayed for 5,000 more miles on the tires and one blew the next day. And so I'm not going to ask God for anything bigger. You know, pe- people might not say that, but that, that kind of happens, don't they? People get discouraged. They, they pray for things and it doesn't happen, and so, so they get discouraged. Let, let, let me ask you to consider some things, okay? First of all, Psalm 84, 11. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold. Listen to this. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Do you believe that? Do you believe your Bible? Do you believe that Psalm 84 is in there? And verse 11 is inspired and that God wanted it to be in there? If we believe that, you know what that says? That means that if I don't have it, and I've asked perseveringly for it, then it's not good for me to have it. Is it possible that we would sometimes ask for things that are not good for us? Well, let me ask you, do your children ever ask for things that are not good for them? Do they ever do that? Yeah, on a daily basis. Well, isn't it possible that that there are times where we ask for things that are not genuinely good for us? Let me tell you what the Bible says about God. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks it will be opened. Verse 9. Which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? No, we wouldn't do that. Why? We're good parents. Okay? Verse 10. Or verse 11. If then, if you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? What does that say? Man, we can trust God to give us what we need, what, what is best, can't we? We can. We can. You know, we need to consider the timing. We need to consider the timing. You know, Abraham asked for a son, didn't he? Did God answer the prayer? Yes, He did, 24 years later. Joseph prayed, we're assuming... For, for release. Did he get it? Yes, 14 years, 17 years later. Okay, do, do, you, do you get that? It, you, you may have had this thing that you've been praying for and, and it's not come about. God wants you to persevere. Luke 18, there's a parable in Luke 18 that is written specifically for one purpose, that you would persevere in prayer. Remember, it's the, it's the one about the widow and the, and the unjust judge. And the, the thing is written there. It's in the Bible to teach you to pray and not give up. Okay? 
So, so has God not answered your small prayers? It could be that he hasn't answered some of those. And, and, and should that discourage you from praying bigger prayers? It should not. For one, number one, God, God may be withholding something that is really bad for you. And we just need to trust that he knows what is best. And number two, it could just be timing that we need to persevere in prayer. God has wired the universe to run through prayer. And we need to trust that process and continue to pray. Number two, maybe you don't pray for big things because you might think it's wrong to ask for a lot. You know, I bring that one up and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But just I hear that from people a lot. You know, well, I don't want to pray for myself. Why? Why? Why don't you want to? You know, I, I, feel, I just feel wrong asking for a bunch of stuff. Hey, no, God's not a man. Okay. You see, you can wear me out, you know. If, you, if you're on my doorstep every day, you know, asking for anything, really. I mean, it's going to wear me out sooner or later, you know. If, you, if you're asking me for help you with your car or whatever, which would really be another bad idea. But let's say you're asking that and you're there every day. We help me with my car. 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 And there's going to come a point where I'm like, no, I can't. I can't. Okay. But I'm a guy. I'm not God. So God, God's, God's got no lack of skill. God's got no lack of time. He's got no lack of riches. You, you can't ask big enough. Okay? You can't wear him out. You can't even make him tired. You can't even get a little drowsiness out of him. Okay? You, you ask him for whatever you can ask or imagine. It's nothing for him to do that. There's no effort in it. Sometimes I think we... Here's the big one. We don't ask for big things because we don't want them. True. Sometimes we're just content. We're just content sometimes if life just doesn't mess us up. I think a lot of people's goal in life is just, God, just, you know, help me get through the day and make a good TV show beyond tonight and give me enough money for Sonic. I'm good. Really? Really? Are you good? Is that it? Is that all we're going to shoot for? I like what Psalm 81 says. Psalm 81 verse 10. Here's what God says to his people. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. I like that. Open your mouth wide. It's kind of what I picture in my mind is a baby bird, you know, man. You ever seen baby birds, you know, compete for the food, you know? That dude that's barely got his mouth cracked, he's not getting much, okay? The, the, the guy that's got it, you know, like this. I want it all. Man, you ought to want it all. Don't think, don't think you, it's, it's, there's nothing virtuous about saying, God, just give me a little. No. Man, God, I want, I want all of you. I want you great things with my life. Finally, I think sometimes we don't ask for big things. Because we're not in the right position to ask things of our Father. Right? Sometimes we don't pray big because we're not, we're not in the position to pray very well. Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear. Your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden your face, his face from you. First Peter 3, 7 says, If a husband doesn't love his wife well, his prayers are hindered. Lots of things in the Bible that talk about things that will, will hinder your prayer to God. You're out of fellowship with Him? Man, that's, that's why you're not asking for big things. Because you can't. 
We're going to get done early, so I'm just going to stop now. Um, what, what do you pray about? What do you pray about? What's on your prayer list? If it's the wrong things, then start praying for the right things. If it's the right things, man, would you just give a little thought to how can I pray that bigger? Father, we thank you for giving us this opportunity to gather together as believers. God, we pray uh, that you would strengthen uh, Andrew and Michelle, the other sponsors for this week. God, we ask that you do great and big things in their life and in the lives of the students. Father, we ask that the students that go to Falls Creek would see your glory, that they would see the, the, the awesomeness of the gospel, that they would embrace it, that they would follow Christ, and that their lives would never be the same. Father, do great things in our church. Do great things with our second campus. God, fill that thing up with people who are hungry for the gospel and who are, who are passionate about glorifying Jesus. Father, do great things in us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to stand and we're going to sing just, uh, just a brief verse and then we're going to get started with the meeting. What are we going to sing, Jim? God is so good. God is so good. Is it on the screen? No. Page 23 in your hymn books. You have to look in your book. Page 23. Okay, you're dismissed.